Hello again, and welcome back for this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. And before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that if you enjoy this podcast, perhaps you might want to try to give a listen to my other podcast on Pirkeavos. It's 25 to 30 minutes long each episode, and I always try to make each Mishnah have a practical lesson that every person can gain from. You can search for it by looking for the Pirkeavos podcast or looking in the show notes below. And as always, if you'd like to reach out, to say hello, to give some feedback, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This week's Parsha is Parshas Ve'eschanon. And as I mentioned last week, the whole book of Devarim, the whole book of Deuteronomy, is this review that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving to the Jewish people before he's about to pass the mantle of leadership to Yeshua, and he's about to pass on before the Jews are going to enter the land of Israel. Now, each one of the parshios in the book of Devarim is giving specific insight, specific stories, specific mitzvos, and the Eschanan is no different to this theme of the whole book of Devarim. The parsha begins with Moshe telling the Jewish people of how he prayed to Hashem to enter the land of Israel. Moshe, because of the sin of the waters of Merivah, where he hits the rock instead of speaking the rock, he is punished by not being able to enter the land of Israel with the Jewish people. And he tells the Jewish nation how he prayed to Hashem. Ve'eschanan means, and literally translated means, that he implored, that he davened. And the commentaries tell us that he davened so many times that Hashem had to tell him, stop. That if he would have kept davening, it's almost as if Hashem would have had to let him enter. And actually the commentaries tell us that the, the word Veschanan in numerical value equals 515, which is equal to the amount of prayers that Moshe Rabbeinu prayed to enter the land. And although Hashem did not let Moshe Rabbeinu enter the land, his prayers are still helping us today. And really this brings out a very practical lesson for us when it comes to prayer. And the, that, you know, many times we pray and we don't see the results that we desire. But we have to know that even if we don't see the results that we want, the prayers that we say, you know, whether it be davening, the regular, you know, the regular shacharis, mincha, mayrev, or our own prayers in our own words, Every tefillah, every prayer has its address. Every, anything we say from our hearts towards Hashem has an effect. And the mushal, the parable which is given for us to helps us understand this idea, especially in a situation where it seems not to be having an effect, that what we're davening for is not happening, is that if a, if a UPS man comes and delivers packages, right? He keeps delivering packages to a door. The packages keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher. So there's a huge pile of packages in front of the door. And what happens? Eventually the door is opened and all the packages fall into the house. So similarly with our tefillos, with our prayers, when we daven, 
our prayers are going to the right places. They might not get into the door, but the, the, the davening, our supplications are piling up in front of the door. And eventually, the weight of all the tefillos, of all the packages, pushes the door open and our tefillos are accepted. So it's something we should take solace in, that it's never a lost cause to daven. We should always have a prayer on our lips and always remember that anytime we daven, anytime we pray, it has an effect. We might not see it right now. It might not be the result that we think we need to have, but it's having its desired effect. And that's something we learned from Moshe Rabbeinu because he prayed, even though Hashem told him that he wasn't going to enter the land of Israel. And the commentaries tell us that the prayers that Moshe Rabbeinu said are still helping us to this very day in this long and bitter exile. The Parsha continues with Moshe Rabbeinu telling the Jewish people to keep the mitzvahs. Do not add to it. Do not subtract to it. To follow the Torah. And the Parsha tells us of the exile and eventual return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. There's also special mitzvos in Parshas Veschanan, such as Moshe Rabbeinu setting aside the cities of refuge that were made for people who would kill inadvertently. That would be a city of sanctuary for them, for them to get an atonement. In this week's Parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu also tells over the Jewish people the Ten Commandments. He reiterates them, the Ten Commandments, Daseres Adibros, to the Jewish nation. Additionally, the special mitzvos of tefillin, in the Shema prayer, are taught to the Jewish people, and mezuzah, the, the mitzvah to put a mezuzah up on our doorposts, are given to the Jewish people at this time. The parsha finishes with a warning to the Jewish people not to succumb to material and physical temptations that even when you achieve financial success, you should never forget Hashem and the importance of giving over the tradition to our children. The first idea I wanted to share with you today is on one of the first verses in Parshas Eschanan. As Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jewish people of their mistakes and their sins in order that they should not make them again, he says a very interesting line. He says, says, You who cleave unto your God, you are all alive today. That even after all you have done, you're still standing here today. But the verse says something very interesting at the end. It says, It says, You who cleave unto your God, you are all alive today. And Rabbi Tversky brings down that in his years as working as a therapist, working with people overcoming alcohol addiction, he, he saw that the best program to help someone overcoming their, you know, their addiction was Alcoholics Anonymous. And really the, the cornerstone of, of their success, he says, is in the 12 principles. And one of the 12 principles is to take every day on its own. Meaning to don't look at your whole life, that you have to accomplish something for your whole life and for the next 25 years or 30 years, 50 years, but rather take it a day at a time. And it's well known that people who are recovered alcoholics will say that they've been clean for X amount of days, for this amount of, and, and they'll count each day on its own 
as another accomplishment in their step of having a lifetime of being sober. And Rabbi Tversky brings out a very powerful idea from this Pasuk. You know, many times we look at ourselves, we look at things we want to achieve, and it's overwhelming. You know, to, to, take, to take something upon ourselves, it seems overwhelming at times, seems like it's too much for us. But he's giving us an insight. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jewish people that you need to look at it a day at a time, to take things one day at a time, and that's how you achieve greatness. And that's what the Pasuk is telling us, that it says, you, are, you who cleaved unto Hashem, you are all alive today. To take things one day at a time. And especially when it comes to our ruchnias, when it comes to our spiritual lives, we're not obligated to worry how we're going to be in five years from now. We need to take it one day at a time. And when we make a commitment, we could take that commitment one day at a time. And it makes it much easier for us to to accomplish and to achieve when we are only looking at a smaller amount of time and not this huge picture. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the Jewish people. He says, you can all have this connection to Hashem. You can all cleave onto Hashem and, and observe all his mitzvot if you think about living this day. Don't think about tomorrow's challenges today. And the Chavetz Chaim explains on the verses of Shema, where it says, You shall love Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your resources. And these matters that I command you today shall be upon your heart. The Chavetz Chaim explains on these psukim that a person always needs to think about three things. Number one, that we only have one day. Number two, that we only have one thing to learn. And number three, that you're the only Jew in the world. That there's no other Jew besides you. Because if a person has this outlook, that he's, it's today's his only day. There's only one day for him to accomplish. He'll maximize his time to do the most he can do. To, to learn the most. To do the most mitzvot he can. If a person feels that only has a little bit to learn, to do that page of Gemara, to study that Mishnah, to listen to that shir, and it's not a whole track date or it's not the whole Torah, a person will be less likely to be lazy and will achieve what needs to be done for that day. And likewise, if a person feels that they're the only Jew in the world, they'll have this recognition and this awareness that everything is dependent on him or her. So it can cause a person to really be the best they can be. And this idea, the Chavetz Chaim says, is hinted to in this Pasuk of Shema, in this verse of Shema, which really ties back into this idea that Rabbi Tversky is teaching us that Moshe Rabbeinu gave over to the Jewish people. Because if you look in the Pasuk, You have to love Hashem your God with all your, your heart. The Pasuk's telling us that's the commandment we have. How do we do that? These words that I'm telling you to learn Torah, right? These Devarim, it seems like these small amount of words should be in front of you. That I'm commanding you. That you should think about in your heart. Hayom. That today, 
that there's no other day to doing it, that three that these three things, that thinking that today is our only day, we're the only Jew and you only have a small amount to learn, that should be constantly on the heart of a person. And the the idea here is, is that the I believe the underlying message for us is that when we look at our goals and the things we need to do, we break them down to today, right? We don't think of it as a lifetime achievement or something. We, you know, we just look at what we need to do right now. So it comes out that the task is much easier and the amount that we need to accomplish is much less. Sure, we do care about long-term goals you want to achieve over a lifetime, but the only way you get to that point of achievement over a long amount of time is by maximizing the day right now. A friend of mine who said a line to me, and I feel like it ties into this thought that we're sharing now, is that many times we overestimate how much we can do in a day and underestimate how much we could do in a year or five years. Meaning we, we sometimes think we're not doing enough during a day and we don't realize that the day itself is the building blocks to have an, an, a successful life. That if we take every day as it comes to us and we maximize the opportunities that we have in the day, not thinking about tomorrow, not thinking about the, the challenges that we'll face next week, but thinking about right now, so on one hand, it makes us easier for us to accomplish. And number two is that every day builds up into something greater. Until we have, you know, before we know it, there's years that are behind us, which all started by, filling, uh, by fulfilling our obligation of the day. And that's something which Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching us. And it's something that we need to have in our minds. We, see it, we say it in the Shema, that to think about, you know, more in a local sense. You know, many people have this, many times we think in this global mindset. How many people am I affecting? And I've talked about this before. Am I reaching as many people as I can reach? But the truth is that we have to look at ourselves. We have to look at the, the day. We have to look at us as individuals. We have to look at our time for ourselves. And when we maximize the opportunity in front of us as individuals, as you know, the things that we can affect on our own, the, I guess the effect of that is much bigger than we could ever imagine. So you know, it's, it's contrary to what people believe. You know, it's not how big can you cast your net, but, the, but rather it's sort of making the most out of the time you have and when you make the most of the time you have, you're sort of setting up the building blocks of the foundation of a beautiful castle or structure that can, God willing, stand for many, many years. This is something we need to keep in our mind, at the forefront of our mind, to help us on our daily mission, because sometimes we get discouraged. We think, you know, maybe I'm not accomplishing as enough as I could be. And, you know, sometimes these thoughts are good. But sometimes they can be discouraging. We have to remember that we have to do what's in front of us right now and God willing, that will help us build that beautiful structure. The second idea I wanted to share with you today focuses in on the conversation 
the speech that Moshe Rabbeinu is having with the Jewish people in the beginning of the Parsha. As Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jewish people to be careful when they enter the land, the Pasuk reads, But you shall greatly be aware of your souls, for you did not see any likeness on the day Hashem spoke to you at Chorev from the midst of the fire. And from here we see the Torah's commandment to the Jewish people to take care of their health. That we have a mitzvah, if a person is sick, to heal themselves, to go to a doctor, to do our part, to get healed, to get the medicine. You know, we're not allowed to just say that since it was Hashem, it was God who made us sick, it'll be God who's the one who heals us. Rather, even though it's Hashem who heals us, we know that, recognize that, we still have to do our part to keep ourselves healthy, to heal our bodies, and to be the best we can be. Now, the Chavetz Chaim again notes in the Pasuk, he says that if you look at the wording of the Pasuk where we have the commandment to take care of our bodies, to take care of our health, what does it say and what does it not say? So if you read the Pasuk, it says, You should watch your souls. It doesn't say, It doesn't say you should watch your your body. Rather, it says you should watch your soul. And from here, we learn out something very important when it comes to the connection between body and soul. We know that we are made up of body and soul. We have a neshama, and we also have a physical body. The neshama desires spirituality, desires to get closer to Hashem, and the body enjoys physical pleasure. And each one is repulsed by the other, and it's our job in this world to sort of harness the physical for the spiritual. But it's important to remember that the body is also an important factor to the soul. You know, we focus on the spiritual, but we need to remember that if we won't have a body, if we didn't have a body, the soul wouldn't have a vehicle to achieve its perfection. And therefore, it comes out from this, that taking care of our health, taking care of our body, getting exercise, eating right, doing what we need to do, doing our mundane activities that involve the physical, is something which is intrinsically connected to our neshama. It's not just, you know, we're all total spiritual beings and we have to, you know, neglect the body. God forbid, that's not the outlook of the Torah. But rather, we have to look at our body that it's given on loan to us for us to use it to our fullest potential to maximize, to bring out the spiritual, to get our neshama, our soul, to its fullest and biggest height. And that's something which you see from the verse when it says, It tells you should guard your soul because body and soul is connected and very much intertwined with each other. And it really comes out from this that if, we, if the neshama, if the soul, and the body are both intertwined to such a degree that one depends on the other. So it comes out that when we do our mundane activities, such as eating, such as drinking, such as any other physical matter that we do to take care of ourselves, take a shower, take a vacation, it comes out that if we have the right purposes, we have in mind the correct thoughts, the physical acts that we do are mitzvah. 
So it's important to remember this point to take care of ourselves, to eat right, to get the correct amount of sleep, to do what we need to do to make sure we're healthy. And it's actually brought down that the Chavetz Chaim used to go around at night in his yeshiva to shut off the lights. At a certain point in time, once it was the time of curfew, he would tell his his Bacharim, his students, that any more learning after this point, even though it seems like a noble cause, like a good thing, was really atzas hayetzer was the was sourced from the evil inclination. The Yitzhara was trying to get them to study so they don't have enough energy for tomorrow. So he would shut the lights off and send them to bed to stop the Torah study, so that the yeshiva bacharim, the yeshiva boys, would go to sleep on time, so they would have the correct amount of energy for the next day. This is something we need to keep in mind on two levels. Number one is to make sure that we take care of ourselves properly. Right, And sometimes, maybe we don't get as much exercise as we need to get. We should make sure to, to exercise, to eat properly, to sleep as much as we need to sleep. Each person's different. But to get the correct amount of sleep, that we should be able to function properly. Because the guf, the body, and the neshama, the soul, are intertwined. And one needs the other. The soul can function without a body, and a body can function without a soul. And it comes out from this idea that if we do the physical, when we're doing these mundane acts, which maybe we look down upon, we see, why do we need to be bothered with this, right? The neshama is repulsed by them. But if we have the correct attitude that we're doing this to serve Hashem, to be the strongest person we can be, to be the healthiest, so it comes out that if we have the correct intentions, it's as if we're doing a mitzvah when we do these physical and mundane activities. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed if you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokohen, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day.